We are a resource for learners, including every member of the Livestrong Cancer Institute's on-track educational pipeline from middle school to residency. We are a growing collection of interviews, talks, and experiences that uncover the myths and the uncertainties of cancer and careers in cancer in order to empower and inspire generations of thinkers and leaders. This is Cancer Uncovered, an education and empowerment podcast by the Livestrong Cancer Institutes. You're back. This is Kristen Wynn with the Livestrong Cancer Institutes. April is Head and Neck Cancer Awareness Month. So for this short cancer awareness episode, I invited the one, the only, Dr. Laura Chow of the Livestrong Cancer Institutes to talk with us. Laura is an internationally renowned clinician who wears many hats here at the LCI. So I'm Laura Chow. I'm the Associate Director of Clinical Research at Livestrong Cancer Institutes and the Director of the Lung, Head and Neck and Clinical Immunotherapy Programs, as well as Associate Chair of Education in the Department of Oncology at the University of Texas, Austin, Bell Medical School. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Chow. So we are here to just give our audience some some information, some awareness about head and neck cancer because it is April and there's a focus on head and neck cancer awareness in the month of April here in the U.S. So what is head and neck cancer? So head and neck cancer commonly refers to cancers that arise from the head and neck region. And when we refer to that, we talk about those that come about from the oral cavity, the cheek area, the tongue area, And then we also look at the tonsils, the oral pharynx, the voice box and the larynx area, as well as that of the nasal area, nasal pharynx and the sinuses, and lastly, that of the salivary glands. Most of these cancers are what we call squamous cell cancers, which have a characteristic appearance under the microscope. And these cancers generally arise in the head region and then spread to form lymph nodes or um, masses in the neck. So head and neck cancers have generally arisen from risk factors of smoking and alcohol intake. And thankfully this is on the decline, but the other major risk factor, which is virally mediated, is that of human papillomavirus mediated cancers, which commonly are those that arise in the tonsils and the oral pharynx or the back of the throat. These cancers are on the rise overall due to early detection and our awareness of HPV-related cancers. These comprise of at least um, overall head and neck cancers comprise of 4% of all the cancers in the United States. And in 2021, 66,000 people will develop head and neck cancer, and this will actually cause 14,000 deaths or more uh, per year. So this is uh, still a major cancer, and this contributes to 900,000 cases worldwide and 400,000 deaths annually. So how is head and neck cancer screened for? So generally, dentists uh, are pretty good at screening for head and neck cancer. Most patients that go to their dentist will have a evaluation for any 
unusual coloring inside the oral cavity or also abnormal uh, spots or lumps in the neck region. Often if there's complaints of either nasal stuffiness or a lump or spot in the neck, um, patients will commonly go to their primary care provider and get a referral to ear, nose and throat surgeon who will evaluate this further by a more careful uh, look inside the nose or mouth area and in the sinuses. Why do you work with patients with this type of cancer? How did you arrive here? So head and neck cancers are really difficult in terms of the fact that there's head and neck cancers really affect function and appearance. And it's a major factor for a lot of our patients. If diagnosed early, we can commonly treat these and cure them. And we can mitigate a lot of the morbidity or the functional or cosmetic aspects of having head and neck cancer, we're able to treat it early and hopefully uh, be able to treat this and cure it. I think these patients really need a lot of support and help. And there's a lot of new treatments that need to be developed. And as my area is in clinical research and developing new drugs, this is a huge unmet area in terms of how we can improve the lives of these patients with head and neck cancer and improve their survival and outcomes. Are there any initial resources that you would recommend for students that are listening who might be interested in learning more? Uh, I think probably the American Cancer Society websites are very helpful. The American Society of Clinical Oncology also has a lot of resources, and that might be a little bit more in-depth. The NCCN, or what we call the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, also puts out a lot of resources uh, for patients and uh, those wanting to learn more. Is there anything else that I um, that I didn't ask that I should have, or is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? So thank you so much for bringing awareness. Obviously, Head and Neck Cancer Awareness Month is really important, and the fact that this is still a major cancer where we can improve upon, and there are good preventative aspects to preventing people from having head and neck cancer, such as HPV-related oral pharyngeal cancer, and with a vaccination and vaccination of people at a younger age, we're able to prevent a lot of these cancers. So hopefully I won't have to treat very many of them in the future. Thank you, Dr. Chow, for sharing your time and expertise. Please reach out to us if you have any questions about head and neck cancers or other previous episodes. We'd also love your input for what we should include in future episodes of Cancer Uncovered. You can email us at livestrongcancerinstitutes at delmed.utexas.edu. You can also visit us on the World Wide Web at delmed.utexas.edu. Please also make sure to follow our chair, Dr. Gail Eckhart, on Twitter. Her handle is sgaileckhart. Eckhart is spelled E-C-K-H-A-R-D-T. This is Kristen Wynn for Cancer Uncovered. Thank you for listening and learning with us. Stay curious.